Welcome to Excelling in Christ in our first installment of the Two Clean House, You Must First See the Dirt. This series is going to take us into the nitty-gritty of Excelling in Christ. And I love this series because I know if you have the courage to go into your own heart and see the dirt, then you can experience many more of the blessings that you read about in the Bible. If you find value in this presentation, then share this on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you do your social media, because that is the best way you can support this program, get the word out. And I do believe that together we can make a difference. So first let me ask, do you really need to go into your heart? And it's possible that maybe you don't. If you're already as holy as God is holy, or if you have already drawn so close to God that you can't possibly get any closer to him, then this series is not for you. Otherwise, I know you're going to find value in this episode and the many, many upcoming episodes that I have planned for the future. Second, I do want to point out that this series is not about belittling yourself. It is not about making yourself feel bad. I want you to leave this presentation feeling empowered and hopeful about the future. I want you to have an athletic, I can do it mindset. And when you discover where the dirt is hiding, then you have discovered a place where you can get rid of some baggage and you can really begin to excel in your spiritual growth. So when you find some dirt, I want you to rejoice because now you have an opportunity to clean it up. And now you have an opportunity to move on to spiritual ground you have not been on before. So as a spiritual athlete, you're eagerly looking for the weak spots to overcome so that you can improve your performance. Okay, one of the places many of us hold ourselves back is in thinking that certain areas of our life don't count spiritually. And this is such an easy temptation. I mean, the majority of us are guilty of it. I can't count how many times I fell into this trap. Some people think, well, you know, church is church and work is work and the two never come together. Some people think if they're out of town on vacation, then their Christianity doesn't follow them on vacation. And then there's some folks that think what goes on behind closed doors in their house is their business and it doesn't count in their spirituality. Um, these are common mistakes and there's others like it. And those mistakes hold us back from experiencing the deeper spirituality God has in store for us. And God is wanting to give us this spirituality. He's not holding it back from us. We're holding it back from ourselves because we've got some baggage we won't get rid of. So everything counts. Everything counts. That's your basic rule. So let me give you a verse because I love to go back to a good book, chapter, and verse foundation. This is where we build our best Christianity. We're going to begin with Matthew 12, 36. And this is where Jesus said, but I tell you, Every careless word that people speak, they shall give account of for in the day of judgment. For by your words, you will be justified and by your words, you will be condemned. So Jesus said, every careless word counts. Some translations say every idle word counts. And you may find it interesting to compare translations on how they bring that over into the English. So as Christians, you and I are the ones in training under the authority of God. 
We don't get to decide what counts and what doesn't count. Our place is to submit to our leader, which is God, Christ. And if every careless word counts, if that's what he says, then that's what counts. Every careless word. Now, I realize this sounds really tough, especially compared to a lot of that light, fluffy stuff that passes for religion nowadays. And I'm not here to pick a fight with those people. I just want to point you back to Jesus. I want to point you back to the Bible. And Jesus said, every word counts. Now, next, let's consider Matthew 7, 14, where Jesus said, the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life, and there are few who find it. So walking in the footsteps of Jesus is not just a simple walk in the park. Walking with Jesus requires a mindset where you're willing to pick up a cross and go follow him. Now, what that means is we're going to pick up a cross because we have some things we need to crucify. And our focus in this episode is about crucifying that false idea that some flaws and some faults don't count. And facing that hard truth, that can be tough, but that's the cross we carry. I know it's a whole lot easier to fly to other people, but we need to turn that around, look in the mirror, and make ourselves the priority focus here. Now, we're going to look at two more verses, Ecclesiastes 12, 14, where Solomon said, For God will bring every act in the judgment, everything which is hidden, whether it is good or evil. See, it can be tempting to think that if other people don't see it, it's hidden, then it doesn't count. But that's not true. Just because other people don't see it doesn't mean God didn't see it. Now, the devil wants you to think that, but the secret things do count. If you're the only person on the planet that knows it, it still counts because God knows it, and he's the one that makes that assessment. We stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So a common mistake we make, did it myself, don't feel bad, this is just part of the training, is to emphasize the judgment of other people over the judgment of God. And we think if we can really impress other people and other people think we're doing good, then obviously we must be doing good, but that's, that's not the way it works. That's what happened to the Christians at Sardis in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 1. They had a reputation. They had a name that they were alive. And God said they were spiritually dead. So while the good opinion of other people is really nice to have, don't bank on it too much. Keep your eye on God. That's how you'll take your spirituality to deeper and deeper levels. Next, I want to go to Psalms 101 and verse 3, where David wrote, I will give heed to the blameless way. I will walk within my house in the integrity of my heart. And again, David wasn't trying to make himself feel bad. He wasn't trying to belittle anybody. He's just reminding us that there is a blameless way, and we want to take heed to that. We want to walk with integrity. That, that's the goal. So we're all sons and daughters of God. We're capable of so much more than what we often imagine. In fact, Ephesians 3 and 20 would tell us that God could do some things we hadn't even thought about yet. So we can. We can excel in this blameless way, and we can walk in integrity. And to use the athletic analogy, 
I think we can become professional level Christians, so to speak. We can fight the good fight. We can let our light shine in this dark world. We can make a difference. But first, we have to hold ourselves to a higher and higher standard. We have to first be the change that we want to see in the world. And the best teaching we can do is to be a demonstration. Or as Christ said, let our light shine before men so they can see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That was Matthew 5 and 16. So anybody who wants to can travel the straight and narrow road, but not everybody's going to excel on that straight and narrow road. To excel, you have to have the courage to look boldly within your own heart and recognize the things that are out of step. And again, this is not to make you feel bad. This is a simple part of the training process. The only way to reach higher ground is to dump the baggage that's been holding you back. And that's a good thing. So develop the strategy of going, hey, this counts. And when you catch yourself doing something wrong, give yourself a pat on the back and say, hey, I caught myself doing something wrong. I have an opportunity to get better now. And when you catch yourself doing things right, give yourself a pat on the back for doing it right. This is all the process of excelling. And if you can do both of those things and you do them consistently, you will excel in Christ and you will experience all those blessings you read about in the Bible. Now, I want you to leave this presentation really uplifted and I want you to feel empowered. I want you to leave optimistic with a I can do it attitude. So I have one more verse for you and a little analogy. And the verse that I love so much is James 3, 2. It's a verse that keeps my attitude on target when I bumble off the path, when I stumble, when I do something stupid, which is way more often than I want to admit. And the verse is the first part of James 3, 2, where he says, for we all stumble in many ways. God knows we're not going to be 100% absolutely, flawlessly, completely perfect. Don't put that pressure on yourself. Jesus told us to forgive other people 70 times 7. So I believe that you need to apply that same idea to yourself. Don't play strike one year out with yourself. Rather, stay in the race, keep learning, keep growing. Jesus is the example, the perfect example that we aspire to, and we can keep getting better and better, but we're not going to do it 100%, absolutely, flawlessly, completely perfect every time. Now, we're going to have some great days. We're going to have some great stretches where we run the race, and we're really, we're really doing good, but then there are going to be some of those days that are well, they're just going to be not so good days. That's just the way life works. So don't beat yourself up when it happens. So I want to use a little baseball analogy here, maybe my favorite little analogy. The best batters are not 100% absolutely, flawlessly, completely perfect. Now they aim at perfection. And I think you and I should aim at perfection. But when a batter misses the ball, he doesn't beat himself up and say, well, I'm no good at baseball. I think I'll quit and go do something else. 
He keeps learning and he keeps honing and he keeps practicing and he keeps getting better. And those are the ones that make it to what we call that professional level, of course. So we aim at perfection. We don't let our stumbles and our bumbles kick us out of the pursuit for spiritual excellence. And I want you to think of God as your coach. That may be a little too casual for you, but think of God as your coach. He's not looking for a reason to kick you off the team. God is not a boss looking for a reason to fire you. God is not an angry parent looking for a reason to backhand you, yell or whip off his belt and whip you with it. God is on your side. He knows the potential he packed in you. He is cheering you on, hoping you will learn how to unpack all that potential he put in you and run and not grow weary and soar like an eagle. Isn't that awesome? Hey, thanks for spending these few minutes with me. If you found value in this, then the best way to support this program is just share this on your Facebook, your Instagram, Twitter, wherever you do social media. That's the best thank you you can give me because I do believe that working together, we can make a difference. And remember, to clean house, you must first see the dirt. I hope you have a great day.